Welcome to Joyosity. I'm Jen Whitmer. I'm a speaker, consultant, and joy bringer, helping you create positive culture with complex people. Because listen, that's all we got. I'm thrilled you were here. So get yourself ready. Grab your multiple beverages, get your speaker, your headphones connected so we can dive in. True leadership requires more than just surface level strategies. It requires a profound connection to everything that makes us human. Each week, I have conversations with experts and leaders and you. If you're listening live, introduce yourself in the comments. Let us know where you are in the world and maybe what's in that mug on your desk. We're connecting as humans, remember? These conversations aren't just fun banter and information. Joyosity is so much more than a live show and a podcast. It's a movement, a space where we dare to explore the depths of our own hearts and minds, a liminal space where you are free to play around and beta test your own growth, sort of like a test kitchen lab for your leadership skills. It's where you discover that real joy has deep roots, a playground to find the hidden truths, the ideas waiting to be explored, and the untamed potential that lies within you. We're not just hanging out in idea land. We're talking about the best actions that develop you as a person and hone your skills as a leader. If you're an experienced leader or just starting out, Joyosity is the community for you. Join us every Monday live at 1 p.m. Eastern on LinkedIn and YouTube for a dose of inspiration and practical advice. Whether you are live in the comments or catching the podcast later, we're here to help you create a place where work is a joy, people are whole, and organizations flourish. Let's go. Hello, I'm Jen Whitmer, and I help teams and leaders solve conflict and personality clashes. And today I'm going to be talking about my favorite self-awareness tool called the Enneagram. So lots of people have heard about it. It gets lots of buzz, but then I hear lots of people saying, Ennea what? What what is that word that you are saying? How do you say that word? And what does it all mean? So today I am going to help you do a little bit of a primer on the Enneagram and what it is and how it can help you in your leadership. So if you are here live, let me know that you are here live. If you are catching the replay, let me know you're catching the replay and feel free to pop your questions into the chat here or here, depending on what device you're looking at. And I'm going to be covering a little bit about what the Enneagram is, the most frequently asked questions that I get and some that I got from a couple weeks ago when I asked, what do you want to know about the Enneagram? So I'll be answering some of those questions today as well. So I do this LinkedIn Live Monday Mentor with Jen every week, and I have a different mentor every week. Today, I am the mentor. Last week, we had Dr. Caroline Brookfield. Next week, Mark Evans will be here. He's a therapist and a coach talking about mental health in the workplace. So today's Monday Mentor is me. And we are going to be discussing this favorite self-awareness tool that I have called the Enneagram. So it has four syllables, Enneagram. And so people ask all the time, how do you say this word? And Ennea means nine and gram means drawing. And so it comes from an ancient personality tool that talks about nine different 
personality types. And the nine types are different than Myers-Briggs or Finders or Colby or DISC or any of those because what they're doing in those other types, those the Finders, Myers-Briggs, Colby, they are looking at your preferences, your patterns, your strengths. They're looking very much at the what you do and how you do it, which is really valuable. I'm not saying those types aren't valuable at all. Those personality tools are ones that I've used. I still continue to use them in helping my clients and helping my audiences understand themselves and how to be better leaders and really just genuinely better humans in the world. But what the Enneagram does that is different is understanding why we do what we do. It's all about those motivations that are underneath the surface. And sometimes they're so far down that we haven't even thought to examine these stories because of the way personality develops. We just don't even think about our personality as something that is a part of us. We often just see it as who we are, when really personality is a lens. It is a way we see the world. It's how we filter the information that comes to us. And then how do we make sense of that information? That's personality. And that's why the Enneagram is so powerful because it's filtering that personality from an understanding of why. If you've talked at all about Simon Sinek. You've heard starting with your why. Why does this happen? Why? So when we understand the why of our personality, what is the deep motivation? It becomes easier then to adjust the how and the what of our personality. So there are nine different types on the Enneagram and they are labeled by numbers one through nine. And I actually kind of like that because the numbers don't really have a lot of meaning to us. But when we start calling labels to things, then we start associations of different types of meaning that may or may not be true of you. But when we just call them by numbers, one through nine, it can be helpful in understanding how you interact with your personality rather than what does that label say about me? So for the nine types, they one of the biggest questions that I get all the time is, can your Enneagram number change? Can your Enneagram number change? And so here's the answer most people don't love is no. That's the short answer. But what we hope for every single person who works with understanding yourself better is that we grow. I don't want to be the same person that I was at 15, at 22, at 33. I want to have grown and changed and and become a better at how I interact with myself and with the world. And the Enneagram helps us do this by showing us that motivation of our heart, of our mind, of our behavior that's not really going to change. So the way Suzanne Stabile says it is that you can't change the way you see. So if we understand personality as the way we see the world, the way we interact with the world, if you can't change the way you see, but you can do something with what you see, you can do something with the way that you see the world. So when we talk about these motivations, the Enneagram gives us a shortcut to, oh, right, that's what I keep struggling with. That's what I keep saying is the problem. Well, now if I recognize that that may or may not be true, I can then 
change my behavior. And friends, this shows up in every area of your life. It absolutely shows up in your leadership. It absolutely shows up in your uh, friendships, your romantic relationships, your parenting, because who we are is everywhere we go. Wherever you go, there you are. And you're bringing all of these motivations with you. So that is why we say that your Enneagram type doesn't change. But what we want is to be healthier and healthier and healthier in our number. So that's how we just in Enneagram language talk about that. Another way to say that is with how I'm wired, I want to be the best version of myself in the world. I want to be, want to release the things that hold me back. And I want to at my essence, be full and flourishing in the world. And that shows up in our leadership all the time. A speaker I heard one time said that you can only lead as far as you've healed. And understanding the motivations of your personality is part of that work. So as the Enneagram, these nine different types, I'm going to quickly just like buzz around what I call the circle. So if you imagine a clock, you got a circle. And if number nine is at the top of the clock, we are going to go just a tick over to what would normally be like that 1030 spot. And we're going to start with Enneagram eights. So Enneagram eights as leaders are deeply motivated to not be controlled. They don't have to be in control, but they don't want to be controlled by anyone else. So that's motivating them. Enneagram nines in their leadership want to make sure that things are peaceful and connected and everybody feels seen and heard. And that that motivates them in their leadership. They want to make sure there isn't conflict because they're deeply afraid of that conflict. Enneagram ones in their leadership want things to be good and right. And that means that they are good and right. And that's how the Enneagram starts to impact them. And then Enneagram twos in their leadership are motivated by relationships and wanting to make sure that people um, need them and want them in their leadership and relationships. And so Enneagram threes are motivated by achieving the goal. They um, are kind of the walking motivational posters of the Enneagram, and they are deeply motivated by making sure they succeed because that is how they have their validation and identity. Enneagram fours as leaders are really motivated by values and making sure that their unique values show up in their life. And they want to welcome other people's values into that space and that everybody is seen based on those values. And so that is a deep core motivation of Enneagram fours. And that's how it shows up in their leadership. Enneagram fives are deeply motivated by being competent all the way to having deep, deep knowledge about whatever it is they're leading through. And that motivation of being in, like fearing being incompetent shows up in their leadership. So that is that Enneagram five as a leader. They want to be deeply, deeply confident. Then we've got Enneagram sixes and Enneagram sixes are deeply motivated by not being abandoned and that the power of the group is really maintained, that they don't want to get blamed. And so they're working for group efforts to make sure they're not disconnected from that. And then Enneagram sevens are really motivated by avoiding the pain. And so in their leadership, that can show up by the next fun idea, the next new thing. They can be very forward thinkers because they don't want to avoid the pain of the work of right now. Now, that can seem, as I go around that circle, 
kind of negative. And here's the important thing you need to know about working with any personality tool or just living your life as a leader and as a person in the world is that we grow the most when we look at the parts of ourselves we don't like. I absolutely love starting with the positive. I love starting with strengths, but we really don't grow when we just look at the things that we do well. We grow when we look at the gaps, when we look at the parts of ourselves, we're like, oh, that's the thing that keeps tripping me up. And we have to look at it in order to start solving for it. Now, it doesn't always mean that it's bad, but if it's causing a struggle, if it's causing us problems, then we need to look at it and start assessing. And that is the power of the self-awareness tool of the Enneagram, is it helps us see those deep parts of us that we don't always know are there and can just think about, oh, that's just how I am, rather than, oh, maybe that's a thought that isn't helpful. Maybe that's an action that isn't serving me well. And they fit together, all those personality tools fit together. So the Enneagram, as I said, is at the base of like a pyramid. And I call them your leadership layers. So your Enneagram is that deep motivation and that why you think, act, and behave the way you do, the why I think, act, and behave the way I do. And it comes out in all of our lives. And so if we're trying to get our needs met, we develop some pretty predictable preferences about that. And that's where the Myers-Briggs really lives, our preferences about how we get information, how we like to get energy, how we like to organize our world. Those preferences over time then turn into patterns. It's pretty predictable. That pattern comes out. And if we do something over and over and over and over again, and it works, we're going to keep doing it over and over and over again. And that turns into our strengths. And that's how I see strengths finders, DISC, Colby, our, our patterns, the preferences in the Myers-Briggs and the Enneagram all working together to help you understand yourself better as a leader. The best leaders are self-aware leaders. If you walk into a meeting and you aren't aware of how you present, you aren't aware of what needs you're trying to get met, you're going to be very confusing to yourself and others and you end up being ineffective. And that's why research shows us that self-awareness is the number one tool of becoming a better leader. So I have a tool for you over here Boop. Where am I going to say it? There it is. Yay. If you want to download this, it is a, it's a spreadsheet. And what it does is it takes all those personality tools that you've been given, you know, all those different professional developments, all of those different things, and lets you put them together in your own layer, your own leadership recipe generator, if you will, your leadership lasagna that's unique to you. And so it gives you the opportunity to put all of those results in one place and then start to examine what things come up for me. How is this helpful in my leadership? And what are some of the things that are tripping me up? So when I was creating this and I was working with clients and, and making these observations, I started testing it for myself because I'm not going to take you somewhere I'm not willing to go. And I started looking at these layers and I started realizing how much I avoid pain by being with other people. And so, man, the pandemic was really hard because I didn't get to be with other people. And it started to show me the places where I like to cover up the pain by being with other people and using humor, which 
is a great tool, but when it's misplaced by trying to get a need met, that humor is not going to get a need met, it wasn't working very well for me. So I started to have to examine, when do I use humor in my leadership? When do I use humor with my clients? When do I use humor with my audiences? And when do I need to let the pain actually be? It was really hard to like just start to realize how much I was using humor and how much it wasn't serving me. Uh, and like, not that I don't use humor now, because of course I do, because I still find humor a really great lightener and I still think it's really important. But I'm starting to discern when is that humor distracting from our tasks and from our goals. And that was really helpful for my own examples of my own resource that I created. And so that's the power of this tool. And I'm giving it to you for free because I think it's such a powerful way to start getting all of these tools that we use together in one place so you can use them. Because we've all been to some kind of event where, or we've taken that free quiz and I do love a good BuzzFeed quiz, you know, like, which Disney character are you or whatever, those are fun. But if they don't mean anything in your life, they just kind of disappear. And I don't want that for you because I know how powerful self-awareness is in making you a better leader, a better partner, a better friend, and a better parent. All of those places, self-awareness increases your ability to make it happen. I hope this was helpful for you today. Download the leadership layers. Look at my hand there, you can see it. <laughs> So get your leadership layers because it's going to be something that if you just start to complete it, you will see the patterns in your life that are ones you want to continue and probably some ones that are helping you and serving you well. And that's where good, good leadership begins. What's helping me and what's not serving me well. And then you can start to help your teams. All right, everybody, I hope you've had a great Monday. Come back next week. Mark Evans will be here as our Monday mentor. And we'll be talking about mental health in the workplace and the things that we can do to help ourselves. Hope to talk to you soon. Bye, everybody. So let me put my coach hat on for just a sec. Don't just leave this here. Take a moment. What did you learn? What's your next tiny action step? Share this episode with someone and tell them. Connect with us to keep this conversation going. As always, I'm Jen Whitmer. Thank you for listening to Joyosity. I don't take for granted that your earballs have a lot of information coming at you. Please take a moment to rate and subscribe. It really helps more people join us in creating positive culture with complex people. So work is a joy, people are whole, and organizations flourish. Can't wait for you to join us next week. <laughs>